home and home. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. How you spending it, fellas? Are you like me and you're just bitter and you just don't like this holiday? Are you like Michael Giannetti from Spot Track? You're not buying this holiday. You're not buying this made-up crap, and neither is your wife. Or are you the cheese ball of the year? Hall of Famer Ross Tucker going all out. What kind of guy are you? Got some outside-the-box options for you as well. Also, pro football focus. Sam Monson breaks down this awesome, intriguing free agent quarterback class. We'll figure out who's going to be standing around when that music stops with no chair to sit in. On a Bloody Mary Friday here on Home and Home, a radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out. ZipRecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. I know my resume's there. Yours should be too. That's how business is higher this year. Spot Track was great. Check them out on demand just a few minutes ago. Really intriguing concepts about where some of these quarterbacks land. Ross Tucker, I'd tell you, 409 Tailgate Club nailed the Bloody Mary mix. I'm just torn about getting into a second Bloody Mary before I get in the car and drive to the airport. I wish it wasn't so good. Because then it'd be easy to stop at one. Now nah, I'm going to have two. I'm going to refill, Ross. I'm going to refill. But here are some outside-the-box options for Valentine's Day if you haven't bought a gift. And, Ross Tucker, I want you to order them best to worst. Okay? Number one, Boston Market is really offering baby back ribs bouquet. They say don't buy the same cheesy old flowers. Come to Boston Market. Get yourself an actual bouquet of delicious baby back ribs. Number two, Waffle House. Across the country, more than 200 locations. It started with one. It is now spread to over 200. They are taking Valentine's Day reservations for dinner in which they have white tablecloths and all sorts of Valentine's Day themes, and they are disappearing. It is impossible to get a reservation at your local Waffle House for your Valentine's Day dinner. Number three, Hooters offering 10 free boneless wings if you bring in a picture of your ex-girlfriend or boyfriend and have it shredded. Now, theoretically, you're going to Hooters. That probably means it's an ex-girlfriend. I don't know how many single ladies are going to Hooters, but if I have to add to this, boneless wings, well-played Hooters, that's the only way to eat wings. And number four, in California, scary-ass, terrifying clowns are delivering Valentine's Day flowers, candy, you name it. Scary, terrifying clowns. It's called the Ranch of Horror. They are delivering your Valentine. If I did that, I would be divorced. I'm terrified of clowns. My wife is far more terrified. Can you order those best to worst? Yeah, the scary clowns is obviously worst. I I don't get it at all. I don't know what I'm missing. So scary clowns is worst. Hooters is second worst because, number one, I, I, I like the gimmick of, you're single, so you go to Hooters on Valentine's Day. But boneless wings, absolutely not the way to go. That second worst. I love the Boston Market and Waffle House. And I got to tell you, Dave, 
I'm going to give you even some more insight into my wife right now. She would love either one of those. She would love that. She would think that that is awesome. Really? So I'm going to go Waffle House 1, Boston Market, Baby Back Ribs Bouquet 2, because I don't know what that really looks like. Like, and I don't know, like, I, I need a little more information on that. But Waffle House, being able to order whatever you want, but it's, like, funny and it's nice Valentine's Day, that's hilarious. That's an amazing. Waffle House won for sure. Okay, I would agree with you there. I think my wife would be on board with going to Waffle House for Valentine's Day. You could laugh it off, and at least it's a gesture. Yeah, the clowns would get me a divorce. I love what Ranch of Horror is doing. I talked to them last night, and they cannot believe how busy the phone lines have been. They cannot find enough scary-ass clowns to fill all their reservations in California. That is absolutely terrifying that that is really happening across California. Says a lot about the left coast, but I kind of love it in its uniqueness. And come on, Ross, buffalo wings with the little bones and no meat. Dude, that's ridiculous. You, you're just trying to be a manly man. Boneless wings are far superior than picking around all those ridiculous little bones, dude. Just admit it. No, it doesn't it doesn't taste like the same meat. Like the meat from especially a drum of a wing, like Ugh. that tastes like real chicken. Whereas boneless wings taste like processed crap because they are. Boy, I could not disagree with you more. Let's talk about it with Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Perhaps he has graded wings. Uh, so, Sam, we're going to... Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Let's get into the free agent quarterback class, my friend. But first, if you could, boneless wings versus picking around all those small little bones when you get no meat. And, and, and if you can expand on that, what's your overall take on this ridiculous hallmark Valentine's Day are, are you all in on Valentine's Day? Or are you with me? You all out? Well, all right. Let's start with the wings thing first, right? Yep. Boneless wings yep. are just chicken nuggets. There, there's nothing <laughs> wing about them. And chicken wings, I think, are more hassle than they're worth. So I'm out on both of them. I think chicken wings definitely taste superior. I'm with Ross on that. But they're just not worth the hassle of digging through all the bones and the gristle for the tiny shred of meat on them. You know, get yourself a solid chicken drumstick, a full-on leg. Forget the wing. I love that. I love that. So, Sam, you you know, you Irishmen, I tell you what, you guys know. You know. This is hundreds of years of knowledge right here coming through. I love it. All right, what about Valentine's Day, Sam? 
Yeah, well, you know, it's obviously a corporate contrived holiday designed to strip us all of our money. On the other hand, we're married or have girlfriends, etc. So we're stuck with it. But but do you right, go so all do out? You embrace it? Do you embrace it or not? No, I, I mean I do. You know, whatever I think I can get away with and not get divorced. <laughs> okay. So you're like and Briggs. You're not wearing red for Valentine's Day, are you? No, this is more orange. It's just terrible lighting okay. in here. Okay, I was going to say, man, that is, that is cheeseball Ross Tucker-esque. All right, let's get back now to the free agent quarterback class. And we had a poll question this morning. That's at RDC Home and Home. Who you got for your starting quarterback next season of these choices? Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton. Who is the guy you want for one year? I want Jameis Winston, but only if I can have him back in Tampa Bay with Bruce Arians. I, I think that connection, Arians has a, a history of coaching career years out of quarterbacks, but it hasn't come in year one. So last season we saw like, you know, bits and pieces of it. The guy had incredible production, but obviously all those interceptions as well. I want to see year two of Jameis and Arians together um, and I think if it's ever going to happen for Jameis Winston, if he's ever going to put it all together, that's when it would come. If I can't get that, I mean, it's between, I think, Dalton or Cam Newton. I'm, I'm now getting pretty scared as to Cam Newton's lengthy injury history. And even if he comes back healthy, are you going to have to change his playing style because of all the injuries he's had? Because if you have to take away his rushing threat and the, the things that made him special... He's, he's not the same quarterback at all. And Dalton is the one that's, you know, maybe the steadiest of the three, but you need to give him help. Like if you surround Andy Dalton with a top level receiving core and a decent offensive line, you might get solid production out of him, but he needs that more than the other two. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned it. Everybody seems to hate Andy Dalton. I, I, I don't really understand it, Sam. I feel like he's always been like a, 15th best quarterback in the NFL for a lot of years. The Bengals have been garbage the last couple of years. Last year, they were the worst team in football. I mean, what's so bad about Andy Dalton? I think he just represents, you know, a lack of ambition at the quarterback position. It's like, if you have an Andy Dalton, you know he's never going to be a top five, even probably top 10 quarterback. And teams don't want to settle for that. You want to chase a guy, even if it's a Jameis Winston, this idea that maybe he can put it all together and he can be a top five guy and then we're cooking. Then we can go to the playoffs. We can win games. The quarterback can get stuff done. You know, you can create a very good team around Andy Dalton and he can perform well. But I think it's this realization that he needs all of that help. He needs this optimum situation to play at a high level. And if he doesn't have it, He's just this average quarterback. And I think I think people in the NFL just inherently dislike the notion of settling for average, whereas actually a lot of the times, you know, teams would probably be in a much better spot if they, you know, targeted specific places where average is actually fine. You know, we can be great elsewhere. If we're average in these spots, we're in a good position. 
Talking to Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. Highly encourage you to subscribe. PFF.com, best analysis, college and pro football anywhere on the internet. Sam, interesting theories from Michael Gennetti at SpotTrack uh, just about 20 minutes ago. We talked about this free agent quarterback carousel, and he said the one guy still standing without a seat is not a guy we mentioned. He believes it's going to be Derek Carr who's going to be out in Oakland looking for his next place to play. I was shocked by that. I think Carr can play. I think he's back in Oakland. Um, do you think there's any legitimacy to that? If not, who is the guy when all is said and done that's standing around without a seat when the music stops? Yeah, I could definitely see Derek. I could see Derek Carr going either way. You know, I think he's shown enough huh. that you could be convinced that you could build a decent team around him, kind of like the Andy Dalton thing, that if you give him a good roster to work with, he can work with that roster. On the other hand, I can see you looking at Derek Carr's performance since that 2016 season where he was so good and saying, look, he's never going to get back there again. We're not going to put this thing together. It's time to move on and find someone that can do it the, the same kind of thing for a cheaper level. So I, I could see either scenario unfolding for, for Derek Carr. Obviously, I think Tannehill is, the, or not Tannehill, sorry, um, Marcus Mariota, the guy that Tannehill replaced. I think Mariota is the guy that lost his job over the course of this season, not just in Tennessee, but I don't see any way he has a starting gig in 2020. I think he's going to have to do what Tannehill did, which is go somewhere, be a backup, and then try and wait for an opportunity to resuscitate his career and show that he can be more than he was this year. All right, Sam, two veteran guys, both free agents, Tom Brady, Philip Rivers. Everybody seems to think Rivers is cooked. 2018, I thought he was awesome. People seem to think Brady still has something left. What did the film show this year for both of those guys what do they have left? What can they be for a team in 2020? I mean, I think the common thing they both have is that each one of them now needs help, you know, in a way they didn't necessarily in the past. The Chargers have been spectacularly unable to put an offensive line in front of Philip Rivers, basically for the duration of his entire career. And some years he's been able to overcome that and been incredible despite a huge amount of pressure. I just don't think he's able to get that done anymore. So, Philip Rivers needs to go somewhere that can protect him a little bit. And if he does, he can still play at a high level. Brady, I think, is his issue is with the receivers and the complete lack of separating uh, separation in New England a, a season ago. They basically had Julian Edelman and nobody else. And as soon as teams figured out that if they bracket cover Edelman, nobody else in that team can win in the passing game, Brady had problems. And I think when you look at the tape and when you look at the data, Almost all of the issues in that New England offense stem from the fact that nobody could get open on a consistent basis. Brady held the ball longer than he's held at any time in the last 10 years, and he was worse under pressure at any time in the last 10 years because no matter how long he held onto the ball and no matter how much he tried to give those guys a chance, nobody would get open. So I think if you give Brady a receiving core that will separate, he suddenly jumps back to being a top five quarterback. I, th I think he still has that level of ability, even at, you know, 43 years old. 
Talking to Sam Monson, profootballfocus.com. Who the heck could that receiving core be? A.J. Green did not play a game like next season, last season. No clue if he's anything close to what he was in his prime. Looks like Greg Olson is going to sign elsewhere. Um, Amari Cooper, they're going to find some way to hang on to him in Dallas for at least another season. Clearly, Tom Brady would like to find a spot for Antonio Brown. Can't imagine under any circumstance that's in New England. So who could those receivers be if the Patriots want to hang on to Brady? Well, I think it's a great draft for needing receivers. Um, the Patriots have not been good at drafting receivers, which is a problem. But they've also shown in the past that they're willing to trade for receivers. You know, they threw a first-round pick at Brandon Cooks a few years ago. And that puts some interesting names on the table. You know, if they're willing to deal number, what, 23 overall, they could start looking at guys like, you know, Stephon Diggs maybe from Minnesota or, you know, what would the Browns take to give up Odell Beckham this year? The Patriots, I think, could make some moves. You know, there's also some free agent receivers that will be available. Even if Amari Cooper doesn't hit the open market, you've got guys like Emmanuel Sanders. You've got Robbie Anderson from the Jets. Um, you know, there are some players that are out there. I think they're going to need to take multiple swings at this thing, whether it's trade, free agency, the draft. They might need to do all three to try and find a group of guys that can separate and give Brady someone to throw to. Sam, let's talk Taysom Hill. Uh, he wants to be a franchise quarterback somewhere else. Based on everything you've evaluated, preseason, regular season, what have you seen from him? What do you think he is? Yeah, I mean, he's obviously an incredibly talented athlete and playmaker, but projecting him as a quarterback is almost complete guesswork at this point because he's basically never played it. Um, you've got to go either back to college or confine yourself almost exclusively to preseason games. And obviously preseason is just not the same thing. Now, he's been reasonable in preseason as a quarterback. He's actually been – he's had a couple of good games, and the good games were the – you know, the two more meaningful preseason games, weeks two and three, the ones that if you're going to put any kind of stock in them, those are the games to put stock into. But projecting that forward as a 16-game, you know, regular season starter is almost complete guesswork. I think he has the skill set to be an intriguing player in an offense that's built around him, kind of the same way that, you know, the, the Ravens offense is built around Lamar Jackson's unique skill set. I would be incredibly fascinated to see what a Taysom Hill offense looked like if Sean Payton designed one from the ground up. I just don't understand why you would go to that kind of trouble for Taysom Hill. You know, he's a talented playmaker. He's an athlete. But there's a lot of players out there that, that tick those boxes. And I'm, I'm just not sure what the fascination is, particularly with Sean Payton, because that guy has been hyping Taysom Hill since he got there at an incredible degree. He was comparing him to uh, Steve Young during the season. Like this was before he had any incentive to talk him up in terms of uh, getting somebody to throw a restricted free agent offer at him. I, I don't understand quite what Sean Payton's fascination is with Taysom Hill. On the other hand, I'm all for the entertainment of seeing him build an offense around him. Me too, man. I am all in. I am a cat chasing that reflection all over the wall. Last question, Sam Monson, Pro Football Focus. What do you like? What do you not like? Will you be watching in week two of the XFL season? 
I don't know. I think I'm. Uh, I think I got burned by the AAF a little too much. I was trying to watch the XFL in week one. I like a lot of the changes they've made in terms of rules. The you know the extra point thing. I think the kickoff stuff, which I didn't think I didn't expect to like, but I think that could actually work well. Um, and the fact that they fix replay. You know, the NFL should immediately adopt what the XFL does in terms of broadcasting the conversation that happens between the officials and the replay booth guys so that you at least know what is happening. I think that's a fantastic innovation, something rugby has been doing for the better part of a decade. The NFL should definitely adopt that. But in terms of the actual on-field action, I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm fine. I want to like it. I want to find a way to invest. And I'm just, I don't know, I think the AAF has burned me. Yeah, I, I, I kind of feel the same way. I'm talking myself into watching it this weekend, week two, over the NBA All-Star stuff. Sam Monson, pro football focus. Appreciate it, my friend. Happy Valentine's Day. Check him out, pff.com. Appreciate it, Sam. Speaking of the Thanks, XFL, guys. we will talk to Norman Chad, who you might know as the couch slouch, who, well, he is not in on the XFL. He'll tell us why after the break. But first, last time this week, I get to tell you about my girl, Gretchen, on Valentine's Day. Gretchen Hebner, she's the Codable co-founder who experienced how challenging hiring can be after unsuccessfully searching for a new game artist to grow with her education tech company. Then she switched to ZipRecruiter and saw an immediate difference. You can, too, by signing up for free at ZipRecruiter.com. Slash enter. ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them for you. And by using ZipRecruiter screening questions to filter candidates, Gretchen found it easier to focus on the best ones than find the right one. In fact, after posting her job on ZipRecruiter, Gretchen said she was honestly surprised she found qualified applicants so quickly and hired a new game artist in less than two weeks. With results like that, it's no wonder. Four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our web address, ZipRecruiter.com enter. That's ZipRecruiter.com E-N-T-E-R, ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Are you buying? Are you selling Valentine's Day on this Bloody Mary Friday? You know where I'm stand. I am all out on Valentine's Day. Ross Tucker all in. Cheese ball of the year. Oh, the grand gestures from Ross Tucker on this made-up hallmark holiday. It is a Bloody Mary Friday, as I prefer to refer to it. Home and home, radio.com sports original. We're brought to you by ZipRecruiter. Check them out, ziprecruiter.com slash enter. They are the smartest way to hire. And to that point, it's not just Valentine's Day. It's week two in the XFL season. Are you buying? Are you selling? Our next guest, he is all out on the XFL. You might know him as the couch slouch. Norman Chad writes a syndicated column and appears in the Washington Post and joins us on the phone on a Friday. Good to have you, Couch Slouch. Dave Briggs, Ross Tucker, you say playing XFL games on the heels of the NFL's grandest game is like going from Paris, Texas, 
right after going to Paris, France. Well said. What else is it like? <laughs> well, you know, I have nothing against the XFL, but I'm 60 years old, and I just don't need to watch one more football game uh, before my death. And if it's going to be one more football game, it's going to be the NFL. So, Norman, uh, you know, by the way, big fan of, of a lot of your work. Good to talk with you. But we don't need more football guy. Usually strikes me as a guy that doesn't really like football that much anyway. And pro- you probably love baseball. You probably watch like 100 games of baseball a year, don't you? You know, Ross, one of the reasons I've always loved the NFL is it's just once a week. You just concentrate every Sunday or Monday night. Uh, baseball, basketball, hockey, which I have to watch for professional reasons, they wear me out. So that argument's not going to work with me. I, I, love, I, love, pro, I love the NFL. Uh, I just think year-round. I like a change of seasons, even though I live in Los Angeles. So I just think year-round anything, particularly uh, the NFL, uh, is, or pro football, is not a good idea. I love the idea of it ends and then you, you kind of ramp up and you anticipate it. Uh, you know, like you don't want porterhouse steak three times a week. Yeah, you, know, you have it once a month, once a year. You, 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 know, you look forward to it. So I, I look forward to pro football and I look forward for the time off. Yeah, Norman, I think that's probably all fair. Um, but I've also seen you recently tweeting about NBA regular season. So would you really rather watch NBA regular season than the XFL with the new rules and dudes playing football and we can actually hear the coaches and the players and the, and the refs? You'd rather watch NBA regular season than that? Yes. As I told you, first of all, if the NBA goes on too long. Uh, the hockey goes on too long. But, however, I, I do like switching from sport to sport. I think the XFL has got great rules. I think the XFL, as, as we've seen with the ABA before the NBA, as we saw with the AFL before the NFL, some of the rules that they have will be adopted by the NFL. So I think the XFL, by the way, when I watch the games, the games look good. Uh, they look like pro football, and the new rules are great. Uh, however, my, my point, again, is right after that Super Bowl ends, uh, for instance, the Pro Bowl used to be the week after the Super Bowl. Thank God they moved that. The Pro Bowl, which is the most worthless all-star game ever, got triple or quadruple the ratings of what of the XFL did last week. So, yeah, I have no interest in watching more football. Uh, you know, I like to go to the beach. You know, I like to work out. I'm pretty ripped. So, in the offseason, uh, I, I just do not want to watch more pro football. By the way, for all of that, I, you, know, you know, and I read a humor column, guys, and, you know, I'm I take a position, and I just try to make jokes. So I'm not all that serious. For all that, on my, my new YouTube channel, which I started last week, to, to today I'll be debuting my NFL picks, my XFL uh, picks against the spread for the week. So even though I don't want to deal with it, I will deal with it because I know people are interested in it. So, you know, I can take any position I need. <laughs> so you are a sports windsock. The couch slouch writes, uh, it's like visiting the border wall right after visiting the Great Wall of China. Uh, week one, what did you like? What did you hate? Uh, what I loved, uh, among other things, as you, you already mentioned, I, I loved hearing the, the, the players, the coaches, and the referees sound, uh, sound up, mic'd up so we can hear them talking about it. I loved hearing the replay booth 
talk about it. Uh, this is just greater stuff. Uh, I love the, the one, two, or three-point conversion. Uh, that looked, that was an, an, an excellent uh, addition. Uh, I liked probably the idea of the new kickoff. Uh, I like, again, I like no extra point kicks. I liked all that. Uh, I did not necessarily like, I don't necessarily need to hear from the players and the coaches during the game as far as our sideline interviews go. Uh, I know that's a big deal. Uh, most of all, you know, that's going to be a long haul. If you're looking for a needle in the haystack there, they're really not going to say much of anything uh, most of the time. So, yeah, on the field, it all looked pretty good. And it didn't matter. It wasn't NFL players. And these were NFL quality players, by the way, obviously. So most of us can't discern the, the difference between that. And I, I actually I hark back to 1987, when you all were very small. Uh, the NFL did replacement games during a labor dispute with the players. And, you know, people watch those games. Again, the NFL guys, unlike in baseball and basketball, we see the players, they're under, they're under helmets, they're in under all the pads and all the equipment. You can't even see who they are. So if they just have the uniform on, they look like they're NFL players. The replacement players look like NFL players. The XFL players look like NFL players. So I like the whole lot of it. I just don't want it. Yeah, honestly, uh, honestly Norman, um, <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't really disagree with a lot of what you're saying especially for me that goes to multiple football games every weekend. It is kind of nice to have a little bit of a break. Although for me, if I'm flipping through the channel, I'd still rather watch XFL than regular season NBA, NHL, or college hoops. Now, when we get to March Madness, that's a little bit different. NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs, a lot different. I do have one last question on the XFL, though, and that is, is there anything else they could do? Like you've made the point, you don't need more football. Totally get it. But would it be if they had Kaepernick or Johnny Manziel? Would it be if they had Trevor Lawrence? Is there anything they could do so that you would write a different column or feel differently? Well, I think you bring up the point that it would be nice if they had built-in names to begin with. Uh, part of their charge and is to you know build new brands. You know, but, you know, PJ Walker is he going to be the next star because they had a big game for Houston last week. So it would be nice if they had some of those guys. Uh, to me, the only other thing they could do, and, and this goes against what they want to do, actually, is I would move the league to the fall. I know that seems like professional suicide. Uh, the AFL originally went up against the NFL. It was a different America then. There were more markets available. But I would have gone, if I were them, and they may be very successful. We'll have to wait and see. I would have gone into non-NFL markets, uh, and I would go in the fall. But even if you go in, the, in the, this time of year, what I would have done, instead of going into all NFL cities as they did, plus St. Louis, which was an NFL city, I might have tried the big markets that want the NFL or, or mid, mid, mid-sized markets. I might have tried San, you know, St. Louis. San Antonio, Austin, Memphis, Oklahoma City, Portland, Oregon, Omaha. And yeah. I think those those places might support teams that, you know, with 20, 25,000 people coming to games every week. That's a different thing I might have done. I don't think that will make it more interesting for me. I think they put out a pretty interesting product. Uh, you know, why stop with two forward passes? Make it five forward passes uh, on the same play as long as, you know, as long as you're behind the line of scrimmage. But I think it's a, a good product. I just think it's at the wrong time. 
The St. Louis Battlehawks are, are one of the teams I was interested in because, yeah, St. Louis deserves some football. Don't understand why for the life of the league they go to Los Angeles or play in MetLife Stadium. And to your point, I, I thought I could never get sick of Chick-fil-A, and then I had it twice in three days. And the second time, it just wasn't very good, Norman Chad. So I kind of felt like that when I watched XFL week one. I don't know if I'll watch week two. I'm just not sure yet. I love regular season NBA right now. I mean, hell, Zion Williamson, 32 last night. Jason Tatum, 39 on a double OT win over the Clippers. So there's some good stuff happening in the NBA. Want to get your take on Miles Garrett, though, yesterday. Uh, he gets reinstated, and just when it seemed like we had moved on from the incident, he goes and pulls an Astros-like PR move and starts talking about Mason Rudolph using a racial slur, calling him the N-word, and that's in part why he swung the helmet at Miles Garrett. What did you make of him bringing that up in an ESPN interview yesterday? You know, he brought that up in in, in the wake of the, the incident originally, and obviously this is a he-said-she-said said situation. Uh, I, you don't know who to believe. I, I didn't. I, if he brought it up again... I want to give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, I know someone asked me the other day uh, when I was playing poker, they said there's no way he's coming back into the league because uh, they heard that he was his suspension was being considered uh, to be ended. And I told people, if you go, you know, and, and, and Ross maybe can speak to this. I know a lot of players in the league talk about this, uh, about, about dealing with Roger Goodell. But I, I actually told them, I'm usually not right about these things. I told them, you know, if you go kiss the brass ring, if you do all the right things, they may let you back in. They said, "God, he, he swung a helmet at a player." I mean, it's it's a it's a it's a it's a crime off the field. It should probably be a crime on the field. And I said, "Ah, oh, you never know. All you have to do is say the right things to Roger and, and and bow down, and they might let you back in." So he said all the right things to get back in, and then bang, as you say, he came out again with the the the, the claim that that Rudolph said something to him on the field. I don't know what to make of that since I don't know the facts. Yeah, I'm kind of with you on that, Norman. I, I wanted to ask you uh, about beer. I was reading that you uh, that you're really into beer, and I saw a tweet. Are you into Yingling these days? You know, in my uh, to give you a, a long story short, in my column I write uh, every every week in the Washington Post. For years, I've had an official beer. So for years ago, it was Rolling Rock for a couple of reasons. Then Rolling Rock got sold to Anheuser Busch, and I was not happy. And I switched off of uh, Anheuser-Busch. I switched off the Rolling Rock. I switched to Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, to PBR. And then PBR supposedly was sold to some Russian interest, which actually was incorrect. And I switched off of them. And then I asked my readers to, to give me their beer choices of what their favorite beer is. And Yingling finished in the top three. And I decided that Yingling, which is actually a pretty good beer, uh, and it's the oldest brewery in America, in Pennsylvania, I decided that to go with Yingling uh, as my beer. And even though I can't even get it in California, it's, 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 it's not available in the entire country. So, yes, I, I'm not a really beer connoisseur, so I'm on the IPAs. I don't know the best beers. And obviously, if I was drinking Rolling Rock and, uh, and PBR, I wasn't paying a whole lot for my beer. But uh, I went with Yingling. Uh, because it just, I, I like the fact that it was America's oldest brewery. And actually, uh, when I've tasted it on tap in a bar, I like the taste of it. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, uh, I'm from near there, Norman. That's why it caught my attention. I'm from near Pottsville. And if you haven't done it, you got to do the, the brewery tour sometime because it's actually like in the original caves, which is amazing. 
where they used oh. to store the beer. It's awesome. So I've been drinking Yingling since I was 14 and uh, very <laughs> proud of it. There are many places where you can go. I remember even in college, we went somewhere, Norm, I asked for four Yinglings and they said $2 and we all thought, wow, that's awesome. $2 each. No, it was $2 total. There were 50 cent <laughs> Yingling drafts in the coal region of Pennsylvania. It was amazing. So uh, that's I am pretty cool. That is a good choice. Stick with that one moving forward. You know, I, I wish when we when I, I grew up in, in Maryland and we, we went to the Hershey factory when we were in fourth or fifth grade, I wish they had taken me on the Yingling tour instead when I was a 10 year old. Uh, I just I love chocolate, but I do love Yingling. And uh, yeah, uh, when I when I bought it, when I was sitting in sports bars, watching the NFL in New York sometimes for work on a Sunday, they would have Yingling uh, or in Maryland, they'd have Yingling on tap like a special 16 ounce pint. Even now, that was just like four bucks for 16 ounces. And I said, that's a pretty good price, plus it's a pretty good beer, as you mentioned. So I'm glad uh, I'm glad we my readers picked a good beer for me. Yingling's outstanding. I would love some Yingling for a Valentine's Day present. Unfortunately, my wife and I, Norman, we, we don't go for the Valentine's Day uh, charade. What does the couch slouch take on Valentine's? Are you all in or are you all out? Yeah, uh, on New Year's Eve and Valentine's, and my wife has never agreed with this, uh, just like the XFL, I'm all out. We celebrate Valentine's Day the night before. We celebrate New Year's Eve the night before. Uh, it's to avoid the crowds and avoid the, the, the bigger prices. And uh, that's been my specialty for a number of years. It's, uh, it's, it, it hasn't been popular with her, particularly on the New Year's Eve thing. But the New Year's, and you know, the old, the old, you know, the old expression, people, guys, is that you know, amateurs, only amateurs go out on New Year's Eve. It's just a lot of problems out there. So I thought I was being brilliant uh, when I thought of the December 30th trick. She's never agreed with me. Same thing with Valentine's Day. But yeah, I don't. I tend not to see my wife on Valentine's Day. I think it's extended the marriage by at least two years. <laughs> I love that. We we see Valentine's Day the exact same way. Couch Lots, Mormon Chad, check them out. Great to have you on the show. Love to have you back, sir. Sure. By the way, take the Wildcats this weekend, uh, getting the points. They have never lost two games in a row. All right, give me one more. You you got one more? One more XFL betting tip? Yeah, I'm taking the, the defenders, uh, giving the points against the Guardians. Uh, my my tipsters tell me the Guardians are having some financial problems already. Uh, I mean, forget about talking about the A gap. They can't even afford a B gap. Uh, so the Guardians are having some money problems. I take the defenders giving the points, and I'll take the Wildcats getting the points. And with that, some breaking XFL news from the Couch Lounge, Norman Chad. Good stuff <laughs> on that. Betting tips on this coming weekend's XFL Week 2. Good to have you on, sir. All right. Thanks, guys. Have a good one. <laughs> all right, before we go, Ross, it is Valentine's Day. Norman Chad, like me, couch slouch all out on Valentine's Day, just like New Year's Eve. And that's a good comparison. Christian Fourier and I had a talk about that, that they feel the very same to me, forced, and they usually disappoint. Valentine's Day, just like New Year's Eve. But on Valentine's Day, we want you to be Cupid, Ross, because you are cheesy. You're all about the love. You're all about people finding happiness and finding their right pairing. So let's go ahead and finish the free agent quarterback carousel where a couple of guys end up. And let's just start with the biggest name. Where does Tom Brady end up right now? I am going to go with the L.A. Chargers. I'm doing it. L.A. Chargers for Brady. 
I still think Brady winds up back in New England. Just don't think he wants to learn a new offense and play Patrick Mahomes twice a season with the Chargers or the Raiders, and that's been thrown out there. Teddy Bridgewater, I think the most intriguing name other than Brady is Bridgewater. Where's he? I'm going to say Teddy Bridgewater ends up with the Carolina Panthers. I think that they want a quarterback that may or may not be the answer, may or may not be a bridge quarterback, and that's Teddy Bridgewater. So I think he ends up in Carolina. Doesn't that hurt them, though? Because if you're Carolina, don't you need to lose to be a top-five pick or have a guy that can get you to the top? Isn't the middle the worst place for Carolina? Yeah, but I don't think that with a new head coach trying to change the culture, I don't think that they're going to go into next year with Will Greer and Kyle Allen as their quarterback. I just don't think you can even sell that. So maybe the argument would be they will just go with Cam Newton, and that's certainly possible, would be Cam staying there. But it kind of sounds like they want to move on and try something else. And by the way, I'm not convinced with Bridgewater that the Panthers would be very good. With the guys they're getting rid of, I I think that now, I I think they'd probably still be a pretty bad team. Uh, Bad enough to get a great quarterback in next year's draft is another question. Drew Brees, I don't think he retires. Is it one more year? Is it two more years with Sean Payton and the Saints? Yeah, he's back with the Saints for one more year. One more go around, then it's Taysom Hill time in New Orleans. All right, and the two takes, uh, I want to finish up on Michael Gennetti's spot track, his theory that Derek Carr could be the last man out of a job with the Las Vegas Raiders. I actually think Derek Carr is a pretty decent quarterback. Not a lot of weapons last year in terms of the wide receiver position. Really none. Uh, A Tom Brady-like receiving core. And his other take, that Taysom Hill goes to Carolina to work with Brady and Rule. Uh, What do you think of those two landing spots? Uh, No, I think Taysom Hill stays with the Saints on a one-year restricted tender, the first-round tender. I'd be very surprised if he went elsewhere. Derek Carr is a little bit more interesting, but I've got less movement than other people. I think Jameis Winston stays in Tampa, and I think Derek Carr stays with the Raiders for one more year. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear all the car hate. The other guy that surprised me um, this week was all the discussion of Matt Stafford being traded and the the, uh, Lions came out and shot down those rumors. But everyone pounced on the rumor and most people were saying, yeah, it's time to move on from Stafford. Look, am I alone on this? I feel like Stafford, to me, is a top 10 quarterback, a guy I want to build around, not get rid of. I'm a huge Stafford fan. Well, he certainly was a top 10 quarterback last year. I mean, until he got hurt, he was playing at a top 10 level. He's still a lot younger than people think he is. And it would be ridiculously cost prohibitive for them to move on from him, especially when you consider that the Lions GM and head coach are on as hot of a seat as you can get. Martha Ford has been very clear. They expect to be in playoff contention at worst, they're not getting rid of Stafford. That's comical. No, no, that, that was comical. And I look huge Stafford fan. All right. Uh, just a couple of minutes left this week. And we do this on Fridays. It is time for 
Leach tweets. Deep thoughts with Mike Leach. Listen. Twitter thoughts with Mike Leach. We failed uh, to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. You know, this is a really ugly zombie. Wow, pretty attractive for a zombie. We're like one of the most constipated offenses on earth. I mean, it's, it, to me, it's always been naive. You know, um, on earth, they say, oh, well, we're the only ones. We're, I mean, really, why? Have you been to the other planets? What kind of mythical powers does a sun devil have? We've got to consider that. You know, you'd have to get one of those Harry Potter activists to read up on how you kill a sun devil. And now all of a sudden they're not tough. You know, they're fat, dumb, and happy and entitled. The man, the myth, the legend, Mike Leach, former Texas Tech, former Washington State, now Mississippi State head coach down on the SEC now. I prefer to call it Tweet Thoughts playing off of John Handy's Saturday Night Live skit. And here's the first one, Ross. I hope when I inevitably choke to death on gummy bears, people just say I was killed by bears and leave it at that. Your thoughts? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's, That's an interesting good. one. I, 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 li- I like that one. I like the inevitability that he's going to die of gummy bears. We can rank them. Uh, Next, 6,000 people per year are attacked by goats in the USA, and 16 are attacked by sharks. We don't need Shark Week on Discovery Channel. We need Goat Week. What do you think? Wow. Uh, Terrible goat noise, by the way. Terrible. And are we, uh, is that right? 6,000 goats and only 16 sharks? I guess the difference is, you don't see a goat biting someone's whole lower body off or, or limbs off. I think they just kind of run at you and, you know, hit you. Which is even worse than yours. Uh, that yeah. one's just okay. <laughs> that was more sheep. Yeah, 6,000 people attacked by goats. Hey, Mike Leach teaching us something new every day. Girl, nine, disappears using cream that makes you 10 years younger. I like that. I get it. Everything. You'll look 10 years younger. All the, the beauty products. I like that. I stick, I think I still like gummy bears the most, though. I'm going to put goats in the lead. You've got gummy bears. Here's Leech Thoughts. Final effort of the week. Never let anyone tell you what you can or cannot do. Just look at Beethoven. Everyone told him he would never be a musician just because he would deaf. <laughs> because he was deaf. But did he listen? That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Is that true, by the way? Beethoven was deaf? That can't be true, <laughs> I have right? no idea. I have That can't be true, right? We probably should have pre-screened these true. <laughs> we evidently, probably evidently, Jordan Cohn, one of our millennials, actually, he's even younger than a millennial, whatever that is, but he's saying... It is true. How do you even make music if you're deaf? I don't get it. Oh, he just wrote the music. Other people actually, I still don't get it how you even know what, like the musical, whatever they call it is. I, I don't get it. I'm not sure how that happens. That's remarkable. I'm glad we learned something new and taught the audience something new this week. So there are tweet thoughts with 
Mike Leach. Can't wait for the sound bites to be back. We need a Mike Leach reality show so desperately missing from the television landscape. All right, that'll do it for us this week. Happy Valentine's Day, dude. What can I get before we go? What can I get at the airport gift shop that has a chance? Is it something that might make my wife laugh? Uh, yes. I think if you just get her something silly or funny or cheesy, she'll laugh and she'll realize, you know, it, it still is like the thought that counts. And okay. you'll even get more credit for it being funny. All right. I'm going to try to salvage my Valentine's Day at an airport gift shop. Did you get Valentine's for your daughters? Did you get Valentine's for your daughters? Yeah. No, I didn't. But I'm going to do that now. I've got time before I pick them up at school. Yeah, you you mean just like that. candy, you right? Gotta do that. Just, you got to do just that. Just some candy? Anything. A card, candy. Just set the tone about okay. no matter what, you'll always be daddy's Valentine. It's important. This is a good tip. This is a great life hack from Ross Tucker. I'm all in on this new tradition. Celebrate Valentine's Day with your daughters. I will do that. Have a great weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week. Hey, everybody. It's Ross Tucker. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. Eastern Time, exclusively on the Radio.com app or on the web at Radio.com slash home. Home and Home.